0: The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Avi Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Hi, Dr. Ray. I love your show. Let me show you what it looks like to be a holy person, and maybe you'll want to be holy like me. You just
2: patted yourself on the back. You seem like an honest guy. But you're a psychologist. Do you have some advice?
1: I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're my second favorite Italian person. I think you have a way of making people feel relaxed. She needs to feel the consequences of being a jerk. no i not
0: looking for a deeper answer.
1: Obviously, I'm a failure. Obviously, I'm inept. Yes. You
3: are awesome. Keep up the good fight, my friend.
1: Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio
0: Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray.
1: One qualification... That was trait talk. She needs to feel the consequences of being a jerk. That's an overall trait. One is not a jerk at all times in all places. She needs to feel the consequences of doing jerky behavior would be a more accurate way to put it. Certainly not as punchy. Certainly doesn't get to the point as quickly. And pretty much nobody talks that way except psychologists. But to be grammatically and, in fact, personality-wise correct, that is the way I should have said it. Thanks for joining me here. I'm Dr. Ray Garendi, Uh, capable, capable at any time of doing jerky behavior, Uh, hopefully not too much here on the radio with you. Good to have you with me. The number to get on to the program, 877-573-7825. I said that very quickly Slow it down, eight, seven. All right, that's a little too slow. Andrew, Andrew turn it up a little bit. 877-573-7825. Seven, 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 Hard to remember, so just remember eight seven seven fifty seven. equal. Several reasons, questions, circumstance, situation, person in your life you'd like to have another perspective on, that's me situation that uh, <clears throat> you want to help somebody else out with because you heard it on this particular day or a previous day, you help them. And then I steal your great idea, and I put it in a book, and I make a whole lot of money. And I just want to thank you beforehand. If you have a nice insight, I, th- th- this is we've got some great insights, some people about living their lives better, living their faith better. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. Raising kids better. You don't necessarily have to have a problem. This this show is geared toward helping people to live a more faith-filled life. And if you live a more faith-filled life, you're going to live a better adjusted life. It's that straightforward. There are exceptions, but for the most part, that is a general rule. And if you have a question that's generic, I like generic questions. Uh, I had a question once where, how do people get so upset so quickly? That's a generic question. Dr. Ray, I was at a party the other night, and everybody, everybody, I just couldn't believe this, I felt like I was the only one out of sync, was talking about pseudosiesis, and I just, I couldn't get involved. So the next time I'm at a party and they talk about pseudosiesis, can you can you help me with that so I can sound like I'm knowledgeable? All right, let me take a look and see what my manlog is today. Off to the side here as I'm looking at potential monologue topics. Good Lord permitting, we will be heading for Billings, Montana. Next week, Monday, Tuesday night, do the TV show. We're still gathering up folks for the audience. So if you're in that area. And in Montana, you can be 300 miles away. Because isn't your speed limit on your interstate either 80 miles an hour or unlimited? I remember that. I remember back when Jimmy Carter... Said we were in the moral equivalent of war. Meow. Said there was no more. There was no more oil. We're running out of oil. Yeah, that was fifty years ago, close to it. Didn't have any idea of technology making much more oil available. Nonetheless, uh, the uh, speed limits on interstates went down to fifty-five for a short period of time, and people struggled with that one. And I remember when I got to Montana, I was in Montana, I don't know, in the 80s or something. Yeah, I went there as a nine-year-old. That, in fact, they said their speed limit was unlimited. I think I got that right. That was just wild. That was just absolutely shocking. All right, let's see what else we got here. I took a course on memory. I wanted to learn more about memory. Memory memory's a fascinating thing. They reviewed a lot of studies on memory. There's something called flashbulb memory. A flashbulb memory is an intense emotional circumstance that sears itself into your brain. Or so you think. And I'll get to that in a second. Many of you might remember the first picture of Neil Armstrong's moonwalk. That was intense or michael jackson's first time moonwalk john kennedy's assassination for those of you older you remember where you were when you first heard about john kennedy's assassination i was in school and a girl came up to me and said did you hear did you hear and i said no no i didn't hear president's been assassinated I don't know if she making it up, and then I found out it was true. I remember exactly where I was standing, right next to the bus. don't remember the bus's number, but it was yellow. I do remember that, and it had a whole bunch of seats in it. I remember that. A flashbulb memory is something you think you'll never, ever, 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 ever forget. Because it's powerful, right? And for the most part, you don't. However, one of the things I brought away from that... Uh, continuing education course on memory, was memory is not as reliable as we think it is. We can be so absolutely certain that something happened in a certain way at a certain time and place, and we can find out we were wrong. This wily professor... I think the, it was the shuttle disaster. Remember, you might remember the shuttle disaster the first time. Houston, we have a problem. So the shuttle disaster occurred, and the professor asked the students, must have been one psychology-type professor, asked the students to write down where they were when they heard this. Whatever details I I don't recall. (laughs) I don't remember that he asked him, and he collected all of this, and he kept it for a period of time. It was many years, I think, ten years or something like this. To the degree he could, he recontacted those former students, and he asked them, "Would you please?" Write down, send me, give me somehow. I forget how it was. I forget exactly how he gathered up all the details of the memory. Where you were when you first heard of the shuttle disaster. So they did. And then he said, also, I want you to tell me how confident you are that that's exactly where you were. Well... Very, very Twicky. What he found was that a certain percentage, and it was a significant percentage. It was not 3%. It was up there. Was, I don't know, 20s, 30s, 40s percent. Their 10-year-later recollection did not match their day-after recollection which throws me into doubt about some of the things I think I'm so sure about where I was. And sometimes my wife will correct me. I'll say, yeah, yeah, we were at blah, blah, blah. And she'll say, no, we weren't, Ray. We were not there at all. And he said, well, honey, I remember it was so clear to me. Remember it was, and then I'll describe a whole bunch of details. And she goes, Ray, I don't know where you're thinking, but that's not where it was. Now, I know after 39 years of marriage to not argue with my wife, Because in the past, when I have, I was wrong. I found out later she was right. And you can only have that happen maybe six or 700 times before you finally realized, ah, she's probably right on this one too. Memory isn't as reliable as you think it is. And maybe that has implications for forgiveness. Do you think? You think about the hurt? You think about what somebody did, and you replay it in your mind, because that's really kind of what memory is. It's like painting. As you remember the memory, you either add to it, or you distort it, or you twist it, or you forget things. And over time, what you thought was so clear, a memory, you could have been wrong. And so when you decide that you'll never forget that hurt, you'll never forget that scolding, you'll never forget that circumstance caused by that person, understand that if it's many years later, you could be clinging to a hurt that was embellished in your mind. It's worth thinking about, is it not? Memory and forgiveness... If you're struggling to forgive, make sure, and I don't know how you would do this, but make sure you are aware of how accurate your memory was. 877-573-7825. 877-57 equal is the number. I'm Dr. Ray. She was a mystic and reformer, Who died at the age of 33? Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Catherine of Siena accomplished something no one thought possible. She convinced Pope Gregory XI to return to Rome after the popes had lived in France from us the whole of the 14th century.
4: They've been there ever since. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com.
5: Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit.
1: Thank God that you can hear music. Music is, I mean, like, you know, um, so musical and stuff. That's one of the great pleasures of life, to listen to music. I mean, real music, not the stuff that passes now as music. My son's 26. He listens to a lot of the crooners. He listens to a lot of the old songs and he says they were poetic, Dad. And I said, yeah, they were. They they emphasize lyrics. Cheryl from Walton, Kentucky. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Dr. Ray. Thank you for the call, my dear.
6: Thank you for taking it. I appreciate sure. it.
1: What you got going on?
6: It's a long, long story. Um, my son... Uh, he's the 4th of 7. We're we we're always a very close-knit family. Did a lot of things. Loved being together. Um, Wait,
1: before you go any further. Okay. Are the other 6 pretty good with you? Yes. We get Oh-ho! together
6: every Sunday. Well, every you, Sunday. I'll tell you what.
1: You're a success story. Oh, you're you. a major league success story nowadays. Okay, well, go ahead. Thank God. But I don't feel like it. Um, Wait, wait, stop right there. Stop right there. You are okay. You're doing what the media does. Now we're going to get into the situation with that one son, but you're taking that one son and you are allowing that to dwarf, to occupy all of your thinking and energy and emotions over and above those six kids who love you and want to be around you and want to talk to you and want to come to dinner on Sunday. Are you not? (laughs) I am. Okay, go ahead. I am. Okay.
6: So he, you know, he was in college. Um, I guess it was about their sophomore year in college. He's he's soon to be 25. And he was trying to get the attention of this little girl, and he would talk about her a little, you know, and, Mom, I can't wait for her to meet you. I can't wait for her to meet you. I said, well, when's that going to be? Well, I'm trying to set it up. I'm trying to set it up. And um, his friends, he used to have parties, um, airsoft parties. We'd let him hang out at the house, and there would be a bunch of boys. Well, I tell you what, my dear, and that's I a would...
1: lot of that's a lot of good details on the past, but we got to okay. get to where we All are right. now. Okay.
6: Okay. So anyway, over the period of the time, I guess she's been around. Well, since about 2019, I'll say, we've seen her a, a, a total of maybe, maybe eight times. Um, she came to our house for dinner the first time. She asked me all kinds of questions about myself. I answered them. I didn't ask her a lot at that time because I was so busy preparing the meal. And then afterwards, I was cleaning up, and I thought, we'll, we'll go out on the deck when we're done, and we'll talk. But they went off somewhere, and the next thing I know, they were leaving. I said, oh, I thought we'd get to talk. Well, when she comes back. Well, she never came back.
1: Well, this is the first but time was, she met you, right? Yes. Okay, and she yes. decided on the basis of that first time, she just doesn't want to be around you, and now she apparently doesn't want your son to be around you. Uh, exactly. Okay. Yes. So uh, Probably OK, two things. And, and I, I'm hesitant to do this, Cheryl, because I, you're, you're dwelling on this too much as it is. but give I'm going to give yeah. you some <laughs> thoughts, dear. OK. One, probably she was set up by your son. As he talked about you because there's likely no way she would have said I don't want to be around your mom and your dad after one two-hour visit unless you were a complete jerk which you weren't so she was already pre what aware That, well, my mom's kind of religious. Yeah, my mom's Catholic, and she's really into this Catholic thing, and my dad's really that way, too. And perhaps your son was playing it down because he knows she's not, and he didn't want her to think, yeah, I got raised by them, and I'm really freaky Catholic, too. So he's probably playing all that down. And so she came to meet you. Maybe begrudgingly, she wasn't real excited about meeting you, but she came. She came yeah. to meet you. And then she decided, yeah, okay, well, I did my duty. I don't have to be around him anymore because I don't like that Catholic thing. Do you think that's a possible explanation?
6: I think it could be. Um, I, But I I know he was really excited for us to get along and like her. He he did leave the church. Um, he doesn't go anymore. He took the crucifix out of his room while they were dating. You we see I what did. I
1: mean? Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yeah. You, know, you see what you just did. You basically drew a conclusion. You said he was excited about her to meet us, which means you think he was he was really figuring, okay, this is going to be good. They're going to have a great relationship here. But he had already left the Catholic faith, and then he probably pulled alongside of her, who already we know doesn't like the Catholic faith. So he was They were parallel in this. So even though on one hand he was excited, on the other hand, he really wasn't into the faith to tell her, you love me, you love my faith, which he didn't. He abandoned it. So at this yeah, point, I, you think, you're saying, well, how, 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 do I, how do I have a relationship with her, right?
6: Yeah, because she, she whenever we see her, all she wants to do is put me down.
1: Um, what what is know, what I is mean, putting what is putting you down what how does she say well
6: that? she thinks I never treated him well. she thinks that he was not loved she's even told well, me the, that the he only,
1: only felt way loved she would that. know that Cheryl is <laughs> from your son yeah she wouldn't know any of that she didn't live in your house, so what happened was i'm throwing out some speculation here is that not only did your son decide this Catholic thing was not anything he wanted part of. But it was also because you raised him badly. And the way you raised him badly was you raised him Catholic. So he told her this. He said, look, my, 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 my upbringing was, was pathetic. My mom was into this whole Catholic thing. My dad was, whatever. So what you got here, my dear, and I know you're blaming the girl, basically saying, yeah, well, she's the one. She's influencing him. I don't think so. I can't know. He influenced her.
6: Can I ask a question?
1: That, or there's right. one. You already asked one. Now you have to ask two.
6: Okay. Well, you know, whenever he sees my husband or I and we start talking about different things in the family, he tears up. Um, so there's something still in his heart. Yeah,
1: I think so. I, don't, I think what happens is he doesn't like it being this way. But no, he, he probably is aware that to get along with her, to marry her, He's, he's got to put distance between you folks and him. And he sees his other six siblings and all of them in the family life that they share together and all the memories and all of the sibling stuff. And if he's got to choose, well, he's going to choose her. But that doesn't mean he likes the fact that he had to choose her. He just did. That's what I think going on. So I think the best message here for you is, first of all, it's probably not her. It's probably him. The only way she's going to have that opinion of you, especially after one two-hour visit, is that he basically gave her that opinion. That's what he said. I wasn't raised well. I got to get rid of this Catholic thing so I can be okay. So at this point, how would I say this? I guess you hope and you pray that your son realizes You didn't raise him bad because you were Catholic with all your humanness. And you you hope that when you do see him, you can just stay away from the Catholic stuff. Just stay away from it. Quit trying to explore it. trying trying to say, well, what did we do wrong? Tell us. Just love him. Treat him as though, okay, this is fine. And that in some respects, you're pleased that he's found someone he loves. um, And and see how it plays out. You don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. that's what you got to do and by the way I'll, i stick by what i just said if you have six out of seven kids still close and attached to you and probably the majority in the faith you did a hell of a job yeah. thank you all righty my dear i'll talk I to you that. all right i'll talk thank to you.
6: you dr ray
1: Bye. Uh-huh. i see this a lot um I got to say this is this is my own informal assessment but I have seen daughter-in-laws force the son to choose. I see that more than the other way around. And typically it is with the mother-in-law. Now in this case the only way the daughter-in-law would have this opinion of the mother-in-law is that somebody told her And who else told her? Well, the son told her. None of those other six kids called her up and said, hey, take our brother away from our family because, you know, he wasn't raised well. Now, my guess would be, and I didn't get a chance to get into this with Cheryl because this is not therapy here, but my guess would be if I started asking Cheryl about that young man as he was growing up, she probably could point, she probably could point to some significant differences in the way he looked at things. Maybe behavior problems, maybe questioning. Now, some people say, oh, no, 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 he was my most religious one. Well, that's good. If he was the most religious one, then there's a pretty good chance he's going to come back. But if not, if his personality was distinctly different from the bulk of the kids in the family which my guess would be it was, then it's not a total surprise that he's at this point in his life. 877-57-EQUAL. Give me a call. I'd love to talk to you very much. Please. Please.
7: What does the Eighth Commandment demand of us? The Catholic Catechism says this commandment forbids misrepresenting the truth in our relations with others. This derives from the vocation of holy people to bear witness to their God who is truth and who wills the truth. Offenses against the truth, either by word or deed, are fundamental infidelities to God and thus undermine the foundation of our covenant with Him. The Old Testament tells us God is the source of all truth. His word is truth, as is his law. Jesus Christ is the whole of God's truth made manifest. To follow Christ is to live in the spirit of truth, says the Catechism. Jesus taught his disciples the unequivocal nature of truth when he instructed them, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more is from the evil one. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism.
0: Sanctity is not an outgrowth of a person's political opinions. Sainthood is about the demonstration of heroic virtue, and that has virtually nothing to do with a person's politics. Not all political views are equally good, but whatever your political view, you can be a saint. Because being a saint doesn't mean that you have all your intellectual opinions perfectly formed. It means you have been purged of disordered self-love, and you have put on Christ. The late Cardinal George used to say, the church is not conservative or liberal. The church is Catholic. Dorothy Day, was she conservative or liberal? Oscar Romero, conservative or liberal? St. John Paul II, conservative or liberal? We have a different agenda, even when it comes to the social order.
4: But our primary agenda is sainthood. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio.
1: Ed. Like it a lot. Uh, before I go to this next call, i give you a little background on this. I talked to the folks at EWTN, Jack Williams, Tom Price. I went all the way up to Doug Keck. Uh, <clears throat> one of my conditions on my, uh, my renegotiation of my contract was that I wanted them to put into place a compliment line for people to call in and compliment me and the show. They agreed. They said they would do that uh, if if the compliment line was used. And I said, "Well, how how often does it have to be used?" They said at least once one time every 6 months. Oh, I, said, I can do that. Well, we've since removed the compliment line because I didn't I didn't meet that number. However, Laura from Indiana May resurrect my conditions on the compliment line. Hi, Laura. Hello. All right, you're. Hey, you're my big chance. I mean, I'm going to go to the EWTN people, the Ave people. I'm going to say, hey, hey, bring me back my compliment line. Laura says so, right?
5: I
3: I agree.
1: <laughs> How could I help you, dear? <laughs>
3: I just want to thank you. I don't know if you can tell how light I feel, but you help take the burden off of pretty much, I think all of us probably want to fix others. My inclination is looking at other people and really reflecting on myself to know what my walk with God will be like. And it really helps focus on fixing yourself and the little things that you change really carry over into so many other aspects of your life so I really appreciate it I feel like I owe you more money or something I think it was a compliment line you need to set up a fund page with all the help you provide
1: well you've given me no no money Laura Laura, you've given (laughs) me no money so are you saying my uh, my advice is worthless
3: no I think it is worth something and Mm. My, my new three-week-old daughter, she might hear some things, and I, I'm hoping her IQ will increase at
1: the same time. Oh, yeah. You know how you used to hear these little research things that said when your little one was in the womb, you need to play classical music or some kind of music to incre- increase her IQ? That hasn't been borne mm-hmm. out, but I suspect that listening to this show while she was in your womb will be borne out.
3: Oh, well, that's good. No, well, she's adopted, so she was not in my womb. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, <laughs> no. the best thing you can do right now, and uh, put the radio, or whatever it is you're listening on, uh, buy her crib. Buy her crib.
3: Okay, I'll, just, I'll swap that out for the sound machine. I'll just
1: put Oh, yeah! Well, some people say <laughs> I don't add much more than a sound machine. Some people do say I am white noise. But, that oh. said, <laughs> you put it right by there. Can you give me—now, again, I'm not fishing here. I don't want to be fishing. But can you give mm-hmm. me something that rang true with you that that helps you say, you know what, I want I, I want to try to do that, and I just needed reminding to do that?
3: I look at how other people respond to me, and I don't think you bring people closer to God if you're pushing people away or, like you say, if— you're a little slow to learning the reaction that you're giving other people. Why keep doing the same thing? So I really just look at how I can change each conversation that I'm having to bring people closer to God instead of pushing people away, meeting them where they are and being more understanding.
1: So what you're saying is rather than putting upon them where you are, in your relationship with God, because we could assume you're further down the road than they are, you more or less listen to them where they are and show them that you care about who they are and where they are so that they are naturally more attracted to you, and if they're going to be naturally more attracted to you, they might be more attracted to God. Exactly. You put that so
3: well. Oh, well, thank you.
1: Yeah, I know.
3: Not me. I think it's really the way you say things really helped me approach people, and I feel like I can better articulate myself by listening to you. I don't want your head to grow too big, but
1: it's the truth. Laura, that's not something you have to worry about. I have have so solidified my humility. I mean, it is so rock solid. That I don't, I don't think even you know a compliment every six months would would do much. I I just just breathe humility. I mean, I hope you pick that up.
5: <laughs> I I do.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I do have a humility line too. I'm trying to get that one put in, but uh, you can't call that one because it's humility. And if you call it, then you're not humble, and I'm not humble. But you are a delight, and you just enjoy that little three week old. Now I have a question thank for you it. As, a, as a new mother, uh-huh. dear, as a new mother. How how yeah. old are you? 42. Is this your first child?
3: Second. I have a a four-and-a-half. We adopted her. It took about three years, and I gave up, and magically, not magically, God called us to be parents again.
1: How beautiful. Now, Mm -hmm. when you adopted that little four-and-a-half-year-old, I'm assuming at infancy? Mm -hmm. Yes, she was a month old. And you looked around you, and you saw people having children, and uh, you were getting older, and you're thinking to yourself, man, this ain't happening. Uh, Mm -hmm. I want to have kids. Did you or did you not underestimate how much that little one would crawl inside your heart? Uh,
3: My soul. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I know I hear that from a lot of young people, maybe not necessarily in your position, but they're young and they'll say things like, I don't want to have any children. You know, I look at my friends and I mean, kids just don't excite me and I can't see how they get all excited about their kid. I just don't get that. And then they have a kid and their kid becomes the center of the universe. And they had Mm -hmm. no idea.
3: Mm hmm. She's helped me. And both girls have helped me be a better person. I'm better today over all the years. Ugh, I'm better today for
1: them. Wait a minute. It, okay, um, hold on a second here, Laura. Are you trying to dilute the compliment? You said it was me. Now you're saying it's your girls. I I don't know what to think here. We could.
3: Okay, maybe you could all three share.
1: All right. All right. I'll take that. I'll go with that. <laughs> Bless your heart, dear. Thank you for such a sweet call. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, I got an email once from somebody that said, you need to be more humble. You need to quit talking about your humility. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I have a new book coming up. I don't know. People ask me, you got any new books in the works? I do. I do have a new book in the work. Um, Three most humble people I know and how I taught the other two. 877-573-7825. That's the number to call to get onto the program. I'd love to hear from you. As I say always, call anytime. You don't have to get on the top of the program to get on. Some people say, i got to call immediately or I'll never get on. Oh, that's not true at all. People get on for all kinds of reasons, and chronological order is probably among the least, believe it or not. So give me a call, 877-57-EQUAL.
5: now the EWTN family prayer with Father Joseph family a prayer that we pray together is a powerful prayer so please pray together with me our EWTN family prayer today we pray for those who have diabetes Almighty God we worship you our Father And we pray this day for those who suffer with diabetes. Look upon your children with this illness and grant them relief. Give them patience and the grace of perseverance in taking care of their health. Show them the way to physical and spiritual well-being. Let their cry come to your ears and bring them healing in mind and body and soul. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Catholic
6: Connection
3: with Teresa Tomio. Learn and spread the word about the food, clothing, parenting classes, financial assistance that these resource centers provide moms, and not just for a few weeks after the baby is born, but often for up to four years after birth. Don't assume that just because you haven't heard about pro-life resources or efforts that they don't or aren't available or that the church hasn't been involved. The media, and I know this firsthand from my years of experience, have been working with the abortion industry to suppress information about resources, as well as totally misrepresent or blatantly lie about what the pro-life community offers moms and families in need. And last but not least, do some homework and prayerfully give thanks to these pro-life warriors and consider becoming a pro-life warrior yourself.
6: Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio, Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio.
1: Real nice to have you with me. Thank you so much. I, I was going to address, this is kind of the way we have to do it. I was going to address Ginger's call. She said the memory thing you were talking about, meaning flashball memory and, and how memory oftentimes is like paint getting painted over and get getting twisted. In your monologue, is, is that the result of neurodivergent behavior? No, they are two different things. Uh, neurodivergence is basically a, a, a nice fancy way of saying that uh, the brain can function differently than is typical for most people. All right, for example, a small example, just a very tiny example of neurodivergent behavior would be, did anybody see Rain Man? He had an incredible ability to calculate, I forget what it was, the dates or something that, that no human typically could do. So, indeed, uh, neurodivergent behavior is a kind of a big word, fancy word, big umbrella word for talking about how Some brains work radically different than others. Uh, Jean from Buffalo, New York. She is one of six. She says, we resolve stuff. We don't talk about it. (laughs) Hi, Jean. In full disclosure, about three
5: years ago, I began listening to your show um, while driving to school to pick up my grandson. I am a Protestant, but I become lewd. Your very reasonable um, conversation, and I'm in the middle of a situation. I'm one of six children. In the years my family, you know, we grew up rather dysfunctional as we've grown to be adults. Um, their way of, of handling relationships is, you know, not very close knit like my heart is. and i haven't seen my sister in a couple of years um you know the covid hit she didn't want us coming over and i've reached out i'm not getting any response um i don't know how to navigate because i'm afraid to put myself forward for fear of rejection
1: gene hold on a second sweetheart so you're already rejected in other words, if you say, yes. well, I, I don't want to approach this. I, I don't want to say to my sister, please tell me that I do something. Is there, is there something going on that I can correct? And you say you're nervous about doing that because you don't want to be rejected, but but you're already rejected. She hasn't talked to you in two correct. years. All right, so what do you got to lose?
5: By right. relationship it, with her?
1: Yeah, here's the thing. Obviously, it probably wasn't COVID. She may have used COVID... Um, to To create the distance that she wanted to create, anyway, and she didn't, and she didn't have a, a justification. It's like okay. it's like it's like so many people who stopped going to church. You know, they probably right. weren't really into going to church that much anyway. But COVID came around, and hey, all right, I haven't gone to church in two and a half <laughs> years. I'm good. I'm fine. Right. So I would say this right. to you, dear. Rather than the overall, we don't talk it out. Um. That, that may be consistently some of your sibling's style with other siblings. But my guess would be they have various types of close relationships. The biggest one for you right now is this sister who has written you off. Yes. You may not be able to do anything about it. but how to accept. Well, yes and no. If you look at it, you've you got to look at it a couple ways. One... If you did something wrong and you can correct it by apologizing or whatever it is, then, okay. But if in fact you go to her and you sincerely say, please tell me, have I done something? What have I done? What have I said that I haven't heard from you or seen you? I miss you. And she still doesn't connect with you. Then my dear, it's not you. It's her. There's there's the difference. It's her. Right. And and you can't right. control when somebody gets a bug in them that says, I want to write you off. And I'll and I, I know why I want to write you off because of this, 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 and this. And you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't mean to do any of that. I didn't do any of right. that. Or some of it, and she's thinking, Yes, you did. Right. So at that point you got to look at it and say sadly my sister is clinging to her resentment whatever that's based on and I can't talk her out of it. And and you can't you can't be miserable because of that because you can't control her.
5: I know but my heart hurts i
1: understand but it's been two years my dear and and you make your effort to reconcile and if she throws it back in your face then you got to tell yourself this this is not me now this is my sister right that's that's what you got to do because that'll help you not feel so bad about all this
5: horrible because it's not uncommon it's oh, it's it's, it's 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 all over the place. Yeah, it's
1: all over the place. Yeah. Everywhere, not it's just your family.
5: Sad.
1: Not it's just sorry. your family, sweetheart. Not just you. You thank the Lord that you know what you know about forgiveness and about tolerance. You thank Him. You know that because He's opened your eyes and given you the grace. Uh, you pray for your sister that maybe somehow, some way, she'll have a bit of a forgiving spirit. You could have been a jerk. You don't know that. If you were, you're going to apologize, right. but if you weren't, I right. then, she's, then she's created a case in her head. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you for the call. Don't be so sad about this, if you can help it. You said you're a good Christian, or you said you're a Christian. Love the Lord. and be be at peace. Uh, I got to go to Laura. I definitely got to go to Laura. This is this is right in my bailiwick. She's a fellow lifter. Hi, Laura hi <laughs> you just started and you hurt yourself already
2: oh i was just trying to keep up with my husband and i i just i wasn't <laughs> mentally there and i just kind of turned him him i'm like how many do we have to do and then i felt it because i wasn't paying attention you, to what you i pushed was doing. too
1: hard too quick yeah i did
2: anyway have you ever hurt your your
1: SI joint it, yeah they yeah. thought that was a problem i had i went in about a year ago because of this And they can they'll they can give you a cortisone shot in there. You know that, don't you?
2: But I don't want that. (laughs) I want to get better. Well, I know it
1: depends how how bad you did it. Uh, Can you walk without pain?
2: I can walk. Uh, Well, no, not not, I can walk with discomfort. No. Okay. Yeah, I Uh. I wouldn't say it's, it's painful. It's just I'm moving. Whoa, like an old tired of it how long anyway. has it been just a week
1: eh, that's not very But long. that's enough well okay <laughs> are you doing what early lifters sometimes do which is i hurt one part of my body so therefore i'm not going to do anything else with any part of my body
2: no i'm, I'm actually doing some physical therapy for it um okay. i actually have a physical therapist who look at it and a chiropractor and I well, what, about upper, what about your upper what about your upper body what about your upper body? No, I, you work- I, I'm doing some overhead presses and some bench work and even yeah. some, some squ- not not free weight squats, but the, you know, the where you push the machine squat thingy. Anyway. Well, if your SI joint
1: hurts, that that can't help.
2: I, for some reason, with the, the pressure behind me, it's fine. I don't know. As
1: well, be careful on the over the head stuff. Chest. When I was okay. first started lifting, you know, the military press was the big thing. And I remember the first time I put 200 pounds over my head. I was all excited. I was 21 years old. I ran in the house screaming. I told my mom. I said, Mom, I just military 200 pounds. Well, since then, most orthopedic guys will tell you, and most trainers will tell you, watch the over-the-head stuff. Okay? okay. So be careful. I mean, you do some side raises or maybe some some one-arm militaries. Okay. But be careful on the over-the-head stuff, especially behind the back over-the-head stuff. We used to do that all the time. Okay. We'd sit down on a bench. We'd... we'd clean the weight up and then we would do behind the back military presses well we were young and we were stupid and we got away with it um (laughs) but i don't i don't know how long your si joint's gonna bug you they thought that's what it was with me and it wasn't it was something else um so given that you should be okay if you tweaked it if you just tweaked it yeah Uh, i'm not gonna quit oh yeah you've asked me how many times i've done something, tweaked something, tendinitis in the elbow, uh, sore shoulders. All oh, I can't count. I cannot count. And my wife and I have always said this, because she, she lifts a lot too. Would it have been better to never have lifted and not have those temporary injuries or tweaks from lifting, or would it have been better to lift and, and live with that stuff that can come and go. And we've totally concluded, and all the research supports this like crazy, it was better to lift and recognize that there are going to be times when you could strain something, you could overuse injury like a tendonitis in the elbow. Those kind of things happen. So God bless you for starting because I will tell you, you look at the research. The research is really coming in hard about... How important it is to have that kind of physical strength as you get older, especially. I was talking to a woman very quickly. She was. I was at a hotel, and she came, and she was a a server, and she had her arm in a sling. I said, what happened? She said, you know how you try to fill up your car, and you put the hose in your gas tank? Well, I tried to step over the hose, and my foot caught, my back foot caught, and I went straight down. And I instinctively put my hands out to protect myself, and I broke my arm. Mm. She said, did you ever do that? And I said, yeah, I have. As a matter of fact, about a month ago, I did the exact same thing. And I went down, and I caught myself, and I just got up. And that was, I think, because of years and years and years and years of lifting, you had the strength in your arms to basically break your fall, So, you keep lifting, girl. You will not regret it. I won't. Thank you. Thank you for the call. I'll talk to you. This is
6: Dr. Ray. I worked in pro baseball for a long time, and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. Uh, I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Got caught up on that whole selfishness, that whole, you know, um, I can do it all. The times when I was struggling were the times I needed God the most. And now that uh, I've
0: come back, and accepted God, my world is completely
4: changed. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Do you or your spouse snore but won't get help? I'm Chuck Gatika and this is Journey Strong. Many of us go to bed and can't get a good night's sleep because we have sleep apnea. Then we get excessive daytime sleepiness, fatigue, or concentration issues. Untreated, this can lead to heart failure, hypertension, and even diabetes. The first thing to do is go to a sleep doctor. The ultimate solution may be a CPAP machine. This machine provides positive pressure in our airways and alleviates the obstructive breathing issues associated with apnea. So many of us know this, but we still won't get the help we need. Here's one more reason to get your breathing fixed. A recent study indicates that the effects of sleep apnea may cause us to age the equivalent of 10 more years. Now make that appointment with a sleep doctor. For more, look for our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit.
0: Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved
1: by the USCCB. One of my regrets on this program is that I want to talk to people who are waiting. And I can't get to them. So the one way I can at least compensate a little bit for that is to tell you if you are on the line at the end of the program, you call back in the future, you will be first up. We take you at your word. Karen has two adult daughters, both in their 30s. Their father passed away some years ago. But, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, he wrote them letters telling them that they were not good daughters. Aye, 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 aye. Hi, Karen. Hello. Did you know what was in those letters? Yeah, did you know what was in Um, those letters? No.
8: well, one of my daughters told me, and I asked if I could read it, and she told me that she was so upset by it, she threw it away. And my other daughter didn't. I want to share it with me?
1: Ooh, he must have ripped on him pretty good, huh?
8: Yeah. They're both professionals. They have their masters. They have jobs. They have children. The same ages, and their husbands were best friends. Wow. And work for the same company, and um, wow. all that's totally gone to the wayside now.
1: Why are they blaming the whole family and why are they blaming each other because of what your husband wrote?
8: You know, they um my one daughter blames me because she wants me to fix it and I've tried to stay out of it and said it's um not between me it's between the two of you. And um, Why are they
1: mad at each other if he if he basically said they both weren't good daughters? What what did he did he uh
8: well, one of them he um, one of them helped him when he was sick and the other one refused to come over because she was so upset by the letter. So the one that helped him um, when he was sick quit talking to the other one and cut her out of the service and cut her out of everything and that wow. made the other one upset, of course. That can't
1: that so, can't I mean, be the just, whole thing. That can't be the whole thing. those those girls must have been at each other's odds prior to that in various other ways. Yeah. You're not going to have a close relationship, and then all of a sudden, because of even a, a letter that was hurtful like that, say, that's it, get out of my life, I want nothing to do with you, I never, ever again want anything to do with you. I mean, that that's an extreme reaction, and there must have been other things percolating, right?
8: Yeah. Well, yes, one of them um, does have an anger issue, and, um, I guess when her the other one's son wasn't doing something correctly, and so she got up and that made my other daughter very upset, and she's extremely sensitive that she got upset with her son so What do they want you to do it. about,
1: it? my dear? What do they want you to do about? I got about twenty seconds.
8: <laughs> Thanks, I know they want me to make the other one apologize, and I, oh,
1: that's you know, funny, I, just,
8: I know. That's yeah, funny. What are you,
1: what are you know. going to do? You're going to say, "Oh, you better apologize, or I'll never talk to you again."
8: Yeah, put it, put him in a room and make him apologize. <laughs> yeah, time out. When they were young.
1: So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my dear, You're, they're putting you in the middle of something you don't really have the power to solve. This is Doctor Ray. E. I got to run. Thank you so much, uh, Lisa. Please call back. Walk with God. He doesn't get mad at you.
0: For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit dra.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.